the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bible. Business 1440. KYCR Golden Valley. A service of Salem Media Group. Stream on the go with the free Business 1440 app. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. The White House is pressing for a coronavirus relief package with Election Day just over three weeks away. Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi spoke for more than 30 minutes Friday afternoon as the Trump administration tried to revive talks on a coronavirus relief package that President Donald Trump walked away from on Tuesday. A GOP aide familiar with the situation said the Trump administration's new offer is about $1.8 trillion. Pelosi's most recent public offer came in at about $2.2 trillion. President Trump says he could have become very ill, might not have recovered from COVID-19 had he not been treated with the experimental drugs. I feel really good. I feel very strong. The president was asked how he's feeling after being treated for COVID-19 with that drug cocktail when he was hospitalized with his diagnosis. On Wall Street Friday, the Dow was up 151 points, and this is SRN News. I can't believe we have to make this commercial. It's ridiculous. You'll think it's ridiculous, too. Listen to this. This commercial is about, well, it's about parents being rude at high school athletic events. Ridiculous, right? It gets worse. Studies show more than 75% of new high school officials are quitting because of bad adult behavior. So now there's a shortage of refs here in Minnesota. In almost all sports. No officials means no more games. Is that what you want for us? Come on, parents. It's time to grow up. Cheer for your team. Be proud of your children. But stop being so ridiculous. And don't make us run another commercial. Because we will. This message presented by the Minnesota State High School League and the Minnesota Interscholastic Activities Administrators Association. Reminding you to always practice good sportsmanship. Have you written a book? You can become a published author with Dorrance Publishing, the nation's oldest publishing services company. Countless authors have trusted Dorrance for nearly a 100 years to bring their book to the market. Our professional team will edit your text, design your book pages, and create an appealing, eye-catching custom cover. Plus, our authors benefit from a custom book promotion marketing campaign that makes your book available where people buy books, like Amazon and -and brick-and-mortar bookstores. So make this free call right now to claim your your free author's guide to publishing. Don't wait another day. Take one step closer to realizing your dream of becoming a published author and seeing your name in print. You've already written a book, so the next thing to do is make this free call right now to Dorn's Publishing and get your free guide to publishing. Call right now. 800-482-8399. 800-482-8399. That's 800 482-8399. 482-8399. The Wall Street Business Network is on the air. It's the King Banyan Show. As an educator and former legislator, Professor Banyan steps out of the classroom and onto the airwaves to break down the local and national economic news that matters to you. Just say what you got, man. It's the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Now, here's King Banyan. Hang on, I'm just getting a tweet out because my internet is so darn pokey right now. By the way, I had to read this to you. Um, we were just um, we were just laughing about this during the break. Whatever happened to the Sweet Meteor of Death 2020? Um, new asteroid 2020 OB is now on the European Space Agency's uh, risk list. Has a non-zero impact probability of collision with Earth. 
and makes its next close approach on 2051. Well, maybe I'll see it then. Um, and that this has now led to there being a new mini-moon. Um, I'm reading this. This is from the uh, this is from the International Business Times, which is actually published in uh, I believe published in uh, uh, um, in India. Um, the European Space Agency has included a new asteroid to its risk list. A catalog of space objects with a non-zero impact probability with Earth has been detected. The object, known as 2020 OB, was discovered back in July. Scored only a moderate value in the Palermo scale a scale that enables near-Earth object specialists to categorize and prioritize potential impact risk on Earth. However, the addition of more thorough observations made in September has re- resulted, in t- resulted in 2020 OB increasing its risk rating, now taking the fourth spot on the ESA's risk list. According to ESA's data, the predicted impact date should it hit Earth will be on July 23, 2116 at 5.35 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. It has an approximate diameter of 196 feet. They gave it to me in meters, but it's, the height is about half as tall as the Great Pyramid of Giza, which I've been to. And if you should ever find yourself in Egypt, definitely want to see it. Asteroid, you have to ask yourself, how the heck did they build that? Um... The asteroid is also classified as an Apollo asteroid due to the Earth-crossing orbit. It makes its next near approach in 2051. Um, So, there you go. I want to see what this list is. What is the ESA risk list? I'm going to come back to that. Anyway, 651-289-4477. Yes, we keep you up to date on all these risks because that, in fact, is what what, um, basically... uh, Jerome Powell was t- telling people uh, he went. He was speaking uh, to the National Association of Business Economists. Their national conference was this last week, and he says, and he says, um, it says in essence, um, not just that the risks are more powered on the low side, but I need you to hear the very last sentences. But we're going to play the entire cut, and indeed, I'll tell you what. Be on the. Uh, be on the pause button for me, Wyatt. I'm going to probably stop this once or twice. Which one was that, King? The first, the the the, the Powell cut. Gotcha. Uh, p- got it. The expansion is still far from complete. At this early stage, I would argue that the risks of policy intervention are still asymmetric. Too little support would lead to a weak recovery, creating unnecessary hardship for households and businesses. Over time, stop. how... The administration, on the other hand, I can't play both cuts back, you know, in the middle of this one, but I, I, uh, Larry Kudlow just gave me the case for why it might not be. And again, in my view, in my view, and in the view of at least a few economists on Wall Street, this recovery is, a, is, is moving along a little bit faster than many of us thought. And yet he is still pushing the idea that the recovery needs to is the risk is still to the downside rather than to the upside. I'm not, I'm not sure they aren't balanced, but let's go ahead. Continue. Household insolvencies and business bankruptcies would rise, harming the productive capacity of the economy and holding back wage growth. By contrast, the risks of overdoing it seem, for now, to be smaller. Even if policy actions ultimately prove to be greater than needed, they will not go to waste. The recovery will be stronger and move faster if monetary policy and fiscal policy continue to work side by side to provide support to the economy until it is clearly out of the woods. Side by side. Side by side. In the view of many, this basically is a a call to not just the current negotiations regarding this bill, uh, phase four stimulus, but to whatever plans that are being promoted in future negotiations, perhaps with a future administration, to say, 
if you decide to engage in even more deficit spending than the Phase 4 bill, we still think we will lean in the direction of trying to keep interest rates low for a long period of time. More stimulus, not less. Right? And so I come back around. This was, and I'll, I'll play it one more time uh, as well. This was, this was uh, um, Larry Kudlow. Uh, this is the first Kudlow clip, Wyatt. This was Larry Kudlow yesterday morning saying, we're going to go try to get a deal. Yeah, I can tell you what's up to date here at the White House. The president has just recently met with Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin. Mr. Mnuchin expects to be speaking with Speaker Pelosi shortly this afternoon. The president has approved a revised package. He has approved a revised package. He would like to do a deal. Rather than, so he walks away on Tuesday, Friday morning comes back and says, yeah, I'd be willing to do a deal. I'm not commenting on the politics. I have I have my good friends Mitch Berg and uh, Brad Carlson on the Northern Alliance Radio Network over on AM 12A, The Patriot. They'll do that for you. They'll cover the politics of what this is about. I have feelings, but that, that's not the place where this where this uh, goes. But basically, the signal from the the Fed is like whatever it is you decide to spend. We'll stay supportive with you. We're not going to we're not going to pull back on monetary policy because you decided to do too much fiscal too much on uh, on the side of fiscal policy. That strikes some of us as a little bit crazy. That perhaps there's too there's too much of that happening, but that that in fact is is where we are. And so I tweeted, the uh, reason I was a little quiet for you there at the beginning of the, of the segment was I wanted to make sure, um, I wanted to make sure you, you, I got out to you this piece from uh, David Bonson from yesterday. Make sure that it, that, nope, it did not post. Let me post it now. There it goes. Um, the, uh, the, what what I what I heard, and it's interesting that Don has put this t- too. Um, Don Don and Ken and Narn fan all of the conversation right now on our Twitter stream concerns the fact that the Fed is trying to do what they what my listeners seem to think to be too much. But that is in fact what my answer to Jack is: the Fed doing too much is what doing this much. Whether or not it's too much is an opinion, but doing this much is exactly what the markets want, right? Let me play again. This is cut. This is a. Uh, this is James Gorman. He's the CEO of Morgan Stanley, and I think he speaks for every Wall Street uh, or 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 Fleet Street or uh, Brussels uh, uh, person out there in, in banker in saying this is what they're looking for. Let's play Gorman one more time. Well, what do we know? We know we, know we have a lot of uncertainty. We have a, a, a pretty fractious presidential election. We have an economy that's healing. Uh, we don't yet have a vaccine for COVID. We have global trade issues, particularly between the US and China. Uh, we have uh, much higher unemployment than we had a year ago. And we had a lot of emerging consumer credit, small business credit, uh, and potential state and city credit issues over the next year or two. That's what we know. That's a lot. Okay. So fighting that is low interest rates. Good. Fighting that is we're recovering from the bottoms. Good. And fighting that is the governments need to step in, which they're doing all over the world, including I just saw the Australian government. My old country did something, I think, last night or the night before. That's good. But I would not be shy in providing that support if I were the government. This is not the time to intellectualize this. This economy needs to get back on track and needs stimulus to help it. So understand what what Gorman is saying. He likes low interest rates. In other words, he wants highly expansive monetary policy because it's providing a a backstop for prices in in equities. It is providing for high prices on bonds. It's killing yields. 
My my question to those who are making that decision about, you know, I'm going to retire now rather than later is, what are you going to use to generate the income you need when you're in a world where your certificates of deposit, your your municipal bonds, all of the things that you would typically use as income generating assets, what do you do when all of those are paying 1%? Did you save in in such a way that a 1% a 1% interest payment on your assets gives you enough income to live on. I I don't know. I I I kind of I kind of do wonder about that. But the other thing he says is I want those I want that fiscal policy to and I want it to continue to expand and I think the markets are in fact reacting to the markets this week have reacted to the fact the minute that the president said, we're walking away from the deal. Nobody believed him. And by Friday, he changed. He proved that the not believing him was right. I said Tuesday night. I, I said, this is negotiation. This isn't, he isn't really walking away. And they said, well, he's just going to walk away until after the election because you'll have a stronger hand than I'm like, I think the president can read polls. I think he understands he's got a bit of trouble, and I think it really, I think he really kind of does need a deal. And I'm willing to bet to give uh, the, and I'm willing to bet, even though apparently uh, Leader McConnell, Senate Leader McConnell, is not willing to go to the White House. I'm pretty sure the phone works, and from the safety of the Capitol, he can call the White House and say, say to him, my members need to. Pay need to vote for a stimulus bill, you need to get one done. And and where, where you heard Gorman say, don't intellectualize this, the intellectuals are those like you and me, and I'm in this group who says, at some point, all this deficit spending is going to be a real, real issue for us. At some point, this gets out of hand, doesn't it? Doesn't it? I'll answer you after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to Business 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart, TuneIn, and Radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. Hi, this is Lee with the Kingdom Builders. Recently, someone asked if my brother Eric was still around. Eric, are you still around? I am still around, and a lot of things have changed over the years at Kingdom Builders, but one thing that hasn't changed is that we're not salesmen, we're just great roofers. He's the guy that takes care of our gutter side of the business. If you need gutters or a roof, give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. With the severe weather we've had recently, you may have had some strangers knocking on your door, saying you need to sign something to get weather-related damage on your home covered. We love coming to people's homes for no pressure, no obligation consultations. We don't want you to feel pressure to sign anything. If you'd like an expert from the Kingdom Builders to come take a look at your home or just to talk to you about how the insurance process works, we'd be happy to do that. Look us up online at thekingdombuilders.com. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep. I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No, no wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, Please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the people. Let's face it, life can get busy. 
between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets. With everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. She can help you navigate rush hour traffic, even update your shopping list. But most impressive of all, she knows where to find straightforward conversations on investing. Just ask Alexa to play Business Radio 1440. Twin Cities Business Radio. Back to the King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Can't interrupt this. Welcome back, King Banyan Show, Business 1440. That's just one of those openings that's iconic. We were just having a discussion. My wife and I uh, were playing a little golf. There's a little executive course about uh, about seven minutes from our house. And we, we're members at another course, but every once in a while we just run over there because we can get around that course in a little more than an hour. And so if it can, it gets to be like 3.30 in the afternoon on a Friday and it's nice out, sometimes we'll just jump over there and play a quick nine. So and for those of you that follow me on on are friends of mine on Facebook. Um, I uh, actually put up a picture we saw an eagle on on the course. No, it wasn't what I shot. It was a bird, avian eagle, not a golf eagle. But we were talking about the fact that uh, Wyatt. I don't think I've got to. We need to research this somehow. I believe it's the uh, opening to Stairway to Heaven that was involved in some lawsuit regarding copyright infringement? Yep, I heard that this week, actually. Uh, they're saying yeah, they so took... Yeah, so did she. It's like the first couple of chords of that song, and I can't remember where they stole it from, but they took it... Uh, I think it came up because it was the Van Halen death. It had something to do with him, I thought. Yeah, I thought so, too. So but I, but I can, I can look... It, I'll look into it here and see if I can come up with All right. anything. All right, the crack, the crack King Banyan radio show research department <laughs> will be right on it. Uh, we'll look into that. But uh, we were, I was just saying, I said, it doesn't matter. That, you know, someone said, what's the most iconic? Uh, and so she says, so is that the biggest one? Uh, the opening, the, the, the guitar, the, the opening piece in, uh, in, in Stairway to Heaven? And I said, eh, for, I don't know, probably for me, it's the opening to Roundabout by Yes, Steve Howe. That one, that one, uh, I, if you play that, I mean, I actually have to stand at attention. Um, it's just, it's just amazing. By the way, I've posted for you the the uh, on Twitter at pound kbrs the list of the risk from meteor strikes for the world. So if you're trying to, if you're the person trying to time when sweet meteor of death is coming, this is the headquarters for sweet meteor of death watch. Chances are, Smod will outlive me, but you never know. So you can read that, and uh, if you can explain the Palermo scale to me on Twitter, hit me up at pound KBRS because I don't get it. Because um, uh, I'm not even sure. I mean, is Palermo a name or is it a reference to the city in Italy or what is it? I don't know. Anyway, uh, 651-289-4477. Number call with questions, comments, 651-289-4477. Don Ch- on Twitter chalks up this comment, the the clip I played from Jay Powell, which really I think set the market going. If you if if you want to know why the market went up, despite all the chaos, I think Powell's signal was there, there's two things that have happened. One, I think the markets have now looked at what's happening with political polling and are moving in the direction of thinking they know who's going to win the election. Doesn't mean that is right. They thought Hillary Clinton was going to win the election four years ago. You're absolutely right. For those of you that are that that are rooting for the president to be reelected, and you think he's going to be reelected, and so on. I'm just trying to say what I think is happening in the marketplace right now. I think the marketplace thinks the amount of uncertainty has reduced, and with that, at the same time, they have seen 
the Federal Reserve basically say, in some sense, they're willing to play second violin to Congress as the uh, concertmaster of the orchestra known known as uh, economic policy in the United States. And they think they know who will be the conductor. And the conductor in the White House will be, will be uh, the person with the baton, who they seem to believe will be of the same party as, I, as perhaps both the House and the Senate. I think that's what you're seeing. Okay, Jack responds, I think, I think 2021 is going to be another rough year. I think it will too, but I'm willing to bet I'm not, I'm willing to bet that I'm in a different place on, uh, on that than, than many people, people are. I'm not, I'm not as convinced that, I'm not convinced on either point of who's going to win the election. I'm not convinced in either way. I, I, I read the polls. I actually participate in prediction markets because I like buying I, I like buying wagers on things that I'm really interested in to make me think harder about what what do I believe to be true. By the way, Don says Stairway to Heaven lawsuit. He has the link um, for you there. I will get, uh, but uh, uh, the crack research department is already at work on that. Um, the, um, the, uh, uh, the, and by the way, I, roundabout's still the right answer to the what's the most iconic opening. Believe me, when you hear that first harmonic, you know what you're listening to. You know what that is. And you now know that you've got a minute of brilliance coming. But in terms of icon, uh, excuse, me, excuse me, in terms of hubris, as much as the Powell thing bothered me, it wasn't even the most hubristic thing done in the week. It wasn't even the most hubristic thing done by a Fed official this week. And it wasn't even about how far out we were in terms of moni- in terms of monetary policy. I like President Kashkari. I've said that. I've met him a few times. He's an impressive person and a v- very nice and gracious man. I'm not, and nothing I'm about to say changes my opinion about this. But I think he went a little far in this comment he made when asked a question, not about monetary policy, but about airlines. And I want to play this for you. Let's play cut. Let's play uh, the Kashkari clip, please, uh, Wyatt. It does differ. It differs because in 2008 there was a clear case of moral hazard that banks and other investors had taken risks that they didn't fully appreciate. And we, you know, if we didn't take some reward for taxpayers, we'd be encouraging them to repeat the same behavior. This is a natural disaster effectively hitting the U.S. economy at the same time. I don't see any moral hazard here. Now, the tough part is with airlines, just the nature of their business, it seems like every time there's a shock, the airlines are the first ones to be uh, impacted by it. So, you know, I could argue maybe something different needs to be done for the airlines, but for the rest of the economy and for the American people in general, this is a natural disaster hitting so, the American economy. I, I think we should err on the side of being generous. All right. So you, 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 may, you may ask, why did he even get the question? Well, remember, President Kashkari was at one time the the special investigator, inspector general, excuse me, for the TARP program. And so he was the one that looked at the bailouts of the banks, and, and he's written, and I think persuasively, very persuasively, about the moral hazard that was created under TARP. I, 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 I think he's right on most, I'd say about 90% of what he's written on TARP, I think I agree with. Um. And so, and he thought it was moral hazard. In other words, if you bail out the banks from from the lending they did, which one could argue contributed to the severity of the global financial crisis in 2008, then bailing them out just encourages them to do that again. And it's something that in economics we call moral hazard, right? Um, And so he's asked the question, we cut the question off, uh, I didn't want the cut to be too long. Um, we cut the question off because 
because uh, Sorkin went on for like 30, 35 seconds asking the question. Uh, is the airlines, the situation, moral hazard in the airlines, the same thing as the situation with the banks? And he says, no, that's fine. And I'm f- perfectly happy with him giving you that answer until the very, very last moment on it where he says we should err on the side of caution. Erring on the side of caution is telling is the, a Fed official telling Congress you should bail out the airlines. That is not his job. That is not his job. Okay? Why, if he can, play Kashkari one more time, please. Listen to the, just the last six words of this. It does differ. It differs because in 2008, there was a clear case of moral hazard that banks and other investors had taken risks that they didn't fully appreciate. And we, you know, if we didn't take on some reward for taxpayers, we'd be encouraging them to repeat the same behavior. This is a natural disaster effectively hitting the U.S. economy at the same time. I don't see any moral hazard here. Now, the tough part is with airlines, just the nature of their business, it seems like every time there's a shock, the airlines are the first ones to be uh, impacted by it. So, you know, I could argue maybe something different. Up to there, everything's fine. If he had stopped right there, it it was not only acceptable for a Fed official to say, it's good analysis. It's the rest of this that I have a problem with. Play the rest to be done for the airlines, but for the rest of the economy and for the American people in general, this is a natural disaster hitting so, the American economy. I, I think we should err on the side of being generous. I think we should err on the side of being err on the side of being generous. That was probably seven words. Those words should not come from a Fed official. That, but understand, he's been given license to do this. And that license comes from, specifically, com- the, the, the comments of, of Chair Powell saying fiscal and monetary policy should work hand in hand. Why is this dangerous? I'll tell you why right after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Hey, it's coming. You can feel it at night, can't you? Oh, take off. Hey, I know. But don't say it out loud, and maybe we can hold it off for a little while yet. Nope, ain't happening. Winter's coming. We got to start getting ready now. We've had plenty of time to work at our backyards, but have you thought about a hot tub? Well, the guys from Premier Pool and Spa still have inventory, and they're still getting more in this year, even with all that's been going on. What's great about an Arctic spa is that they can deliver them all year long, too, eh? Yeah, that forever floor means they don't need cement. So as long as you have the power run now, you can put it anywhere flat and move it around in the spring if you don't like where you put it. Yeah, but they still got them now, don't they? Sure, spas are still coming in all the time. This year, demand has been so high that the industry's having a hard time keeping up. But Premier Pool and Spa's still hanging in there. Yeah, visit Premier Pool and Chan Essen today. Arctic spas are engineered for the world's harshest climates. You deserve it. PremierPools.com. Premier Pool and Spa, where we take fun seriously. Tell me why Relief Factor is so successful in lowering or eliminating pain. I'm often asked that question. Pete and Seth Talbot, the father and son founders of Relief Factor, tell me they believe our bodies were designed to heal. That's right, designed to heal, and now I agree. The doctors who formulated Relief Factor for Pete and Seth selected the four best ingredients, 100% drug-free ingredients that each help your body deal with inflammation. That's correct. Each of the four ingredients deal with inflammation on a different metabolic pathway. That right there. Approaching your pain from four different angles may very well be why so many Americans find such wonderful pain relief. If you have back pain, shoulder, neck, hip, knee, or foot pain from exercise or even just getting older, you must order the three-week quick start now. Discount it to only $19.95 to see if it will work for you too. I think it could. Give your body what it needs to heal itself. Go to relieffactor.com. Call 800-500-8384. relieffactor.com. Every day, the men and women of the United States Marine Corps demonstrate their commitment to defend 
the American way of life. Since 1775, we have served our nation as a force in readiness. From combat operations to humanitarian assistance in every corner of the world. No matter where the mission takes us today or wherever our country needs us tomorrow, we always remember the land we call home. As Marines, we take a stand for each other, for our nation, for us all, the few, the proud, the Marines. That's a good intro, too. Yeah. Iconic guitar openings to songs, I think, are important here. Uh, this is this is good, too. Um, I'm, I'm treasuring this one, Don. Today's show has been a roller coaster ride with many simultaneous right turns. Fun. I'm glad. That's kind of what we try to do. I try to educate, but I also try to have some fun. We also try to have some fun here. What... Let me, and I'm going to do some more fun stuff here at the end because I don't, I, I'm not going to go on about the Fed for a whole hour as I can sometimes. Um, and, and, and I'll say, and I'll, I'll say, um, Keshkari's comment is, a, it is appalling on a level that would have really shocked me even 10 years ago. Certainly would have shocked me when I was first, when I was a junior economist uh, who studied Federal Reserve uh, and Central Bank independence. Um, if you go to the St. Cloud State University's website and look me up there and look at the papers I've written, you'll see that I have at least a half dozen papers I've written on Central Bank independence. It is one of my fields of specialization. And I've... the one of the things that I, I hope makes this show fun for you is the fact that, uh, and one of the reasons why I think I'm, I think I do a good job with this show is I have lots of stuff that interests me. It would have been true if you'd met me in the eighties. I was like all fed all the time. And eventually I started to splint off into doing the economics of sports and eventually interested in, in entertainment more generally. And then sitting in my, in a house in Claremont back in 1988, we were visiting for, about nine months to do some do some research, um, and we I was newly married uh, to to my wife, um, and um, we watched the uh, Berlin Wall come down. And I said, "Man, I'm going to want to study this." I had already been somewhat interested in uh, Perestroika in the USSR because by this time I was pretty well committed to thinking that uh, socialism was a scourge on the world. Um, so. I've probably written more about about uh, the transition economies after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the Soviet Union than I have on monetary policy, but both of those are greater than anything else I've done. Pretty much everything else is either local, regional economics or sports. That's pretty much my four things, and they're four very disparate things. But the first thing I studied was central bank independence. And I often ask the question, independent of whom and why? Because there's a real tension in a democracy. In a democracy, it's kind of hard to understand why a central bank, which seems to have a whole lot of power over our lives, should be independent of the people. And, and we live in a time where, speaking for the people which is not to be confused necessarily with populism, but populism gets wrapped up in this, causes many people from across the political spectrum, left and right, to question the, the legitimacy even of central banks. And that's been happening both on the... Uh, that has typically been an area for the far left and the far right 
Austrians on the one hand, Marxists on the other, um, to say we should get rid of these things, they should be replaced, and that the independence of central banks is basically means they're being captured by bankers. Well, we've seen a little bit of this today, right? Uh, the CEO of Morgan Stanley says, "Don't be shy. You got to get. You got to step up. You gotta give us low interest rates, or else things are going to go badly." And almost, almost on on cue, uh, Jay Powell goes in front of the goes in front of the uh, uh, National Association of Business Economists and says, "Fiscal and policy, fiscal and monetary policy should be working side by side." And I think that really means hand in hand. Um, that that is the opposite of what we thought was good. Now, why did we think it was good? We thought it was good because of research that I I'm proud to say I'm part of and have been part of since the since the uh, genesis of research on central bank structures and central bank independence. I was there at the beginning, and I continue to write on this topic that those central banks that had more independence from Congress, those that had more independence from the executive branch, but more importantly, actually Congress, those that did had better performance on inflation than they had before. Than those, excuse me, than those that do not. Those central banks that were more in, more dependent, were more tied to their governments, particularly in parliamentary systems, typically had worse performance on inflation. The central banks that were most independent back in 1980 was, number one, the Swiss National Bank, number two, the Bundesbank of West Germany, and number three, the Federal Reserve, and pretty much in that order. The Bundesbank is gone, replaced by a European central bank. The Swiss National Bank is, is still very independent, but is stuck in a world where they have, they have negative interest rates and they're not quite sure what to do. And meanwhile, around the world, all these central banks that have been doing all the stuff they've been doing end up without any inflation. Remember, our argument for why central banks got to stay out of the business of trying to tell, the, tell fiscal policy what to do, stay out of the business of telling, telling fiscal policy, y'all do what y'all want to do and we're going to write you a check when it's done. The argument against it was inflation. And in a world where we seem not to be able to even know how to generate inflation, or at least inflation that people care about, the argument for an independent central bank weakens. Because remember, we don't we don't like inflation when it applies to the when it applies to the price of gasoline at, at the pump, or the price of your six pack of beer, or the loaf of bread, or your rent on your house. But if it applies to your 401k, because asset prices are being pumped up because money's awash in the stock market, no one complains about that. They like it. Right? It's what's encouraging. And this is where I got started with this thought about the number of people retiring. It's like, well, of course they're retiring. They're Okay, unlike 2008, where your 401k became a 201k, your 401k was a 201k for about a week. And by the time you started to think about what you wanted to do about it, it started to go back up, and you said, well, hang on a minute, well, let's just see what happens here. And now you're back. I mean, I just showed my wife our third, our third quarter statement, and she's like, so we're back to where we were. It's like, and a little more. And a little more. We're actually slightly up on that account for the year. And she's, she says, how did that happen? Um, I don't know, but it does seem to me that the arguments for why the central bank should be acting independent of the government, why we should be relying on it, is being, being damaged by two, two forces in the economy right now. One, the fact that inflation is almost nowhere to be found in commodity prices. And when it's asset prices, when it's asset price inflation rather than commodity price inflation, people's reaction to that differs. Everyone looks at the stock market going up and thinks to themselves, "Hey, we must be pretty brilliant in how we're investing. Look, we're going up." Right? 
Well, you're not. It just means there's a whole lot more money out there. But right now, it looks like it buys more real goods and services, and people are not able to see what, you know whether or when that inflation will reach the commodity prices no more than they can predict when the sweet meteor of death is going to arrive. And then second, and I think this is also an important point, the argument against the independence of central banks and why bankers, central bankers are reacting by being more vocal in these places is that the zeitgeist of this time is that, is that the elites are not being trusted by anyone. Now, have they done anything to deserve your trust? No, maybe, maybe not. Granted. But historically, every time monetary policy is made the handmaiden to fiscal policy, inflation has resulted. Commodity price inflation, the inflation you don't like, the price of your gas, the rent in your home, the food on your plate, those prices have gone up every time this has happened in the past. You might want to convince me this time it's different, but to quote a very famous James Thurber uh, cartoon, I say it's spinach, and I say to hell with that. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on Business 1440. Business 1440 is KYCR Golden Valley. The institutions use the markets to create income and get better returns for their investors. They are consistent year after year using tools that most people know nothing about. Learn the skills to invest and trade with the institutions at a free investing class in our local Twin City Center or virtually at 952-814-4410. Discover the tools the institutions use daily at Online Trading Academy. 952-814-4410 or go to learnwithota.com. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-218-9520-800-218-9520-800-218-9520. That's 800-218-9520. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you will receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, Forever Cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned There's a ton to explore at TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Like the biggest savings around at our half-off deals tab. Click on programs to see our daily lineup. Win prizes at the VIP fan club. Catch up on your favorite podcasts and more. Whoa, look at all these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Business 1440. Top shelf choices include TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com, our free app, and Radio.com.
Is this Taurus? It is. This is the song that they believe uh, uh, Led Zeppelin stole. Yes, correct. Okay, Roach. <laughs> Should we listen to any more of this? Because it sounds absolutely dreadful art rock 60s. That's what I was thinking, too, when I <laughs> played it before we came on the air. I was thinking, what is this Holy for heck. the first 50 seconds of it? Holy heck. Um, uh, maybe you could scour around and find out what they figured out there, but I don't know. Anyway, that's the that's the song that supposedly uh, uh, argued that uh, Led Zeppelin had stolen something from them. Um, we were commenting before the show. By the way, King Banyan Show, Business 1440, thank you for listening. Coming to the end of the uh, end of the show today, be sure to listen to our friends uh, Brad and Mitch uh, on the Northern Alliance Radio Network over on AM 12A of the Patriot today from uh, 1 to 3 today for Brad, uh, for Mitch, and uh, 1 to 3 tomorrow for Brad. Uh, and maybe he's got a comment on this, but uh, I just don't see, because you were saying, uh, Wyatt, that in fact, they didn't play the the, the 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 chorus. They didn't play that song for the jury. What I've heard is, for whatever reason, they decided not to put the two songs or the parts of the songs that were supposedly stolen, and they didn't play them next to each other. So the jury couldn't hear them side by side, which to me doesn't make any sense, because if you're trying to figure out if something has been taken from another band, for instance... Why in the world aren't you playing them side by side so you can compare them? Yeah, I just simply don't. I simply don't. Uh, I simply don't get what their. I, I don't. I don't get what the lawsuit was. Um, but my wife mentioned it to me uh, yesterday, and it's like, it, it's so out of context. My wife is a church pianist, um, so she pays attention to music for sure. But um, um, rock music, not a fan. Much, much of any of it. And by the way, uh, uh, contemporary Christian, um, she sings the stuff, but and she can play it. But I wouldn't say she's she's always always researching. Uh, 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 play what he's. Uh, she doesn't spend time researching uh, riffs from Stairway to Heaven or anything like that. Just it just struck me as uh, struck me as really funny. Um, anyway. Uh, coming to the end end of the show today, and I just wanted to. I, I was going to talk about. Uh, I was going to talk a little bit about this. I put up a little poll last week, uh, asking people whether or not uh, they favored uh, being on daylight savings time. And I thought I'd share this little little observation with you. Um, so my wife, the pianist, also writes a, a a monthly column for our our community's newspaper. And last this past week, this past Sunday, she wrote a piece about daylight savings time. There is a proposal to uh, from uh, the two senators from Florida, Rick Scott and Marco Rubio, to simply, for this year, stay on daylight savings time through the winter, to try to put more of the daylight into the hours in which we wake, and, I, and said, well, and, and not have, have it happen before. And and I put up the poll, and most everybody said they don't like the switch. And I agree. The switching is the issue. And I'm not sure I care whether or not we have the hours aligned with mean solar time or not. I don't really give give a, a hoot about that. But I thought I would, would pause for a moment and, and tell you something uh, that, that I found interesting. Because this we didn't put into the article, but I thought it, this was the economist's husband saying, hey, you understand why they did this, right? Ben Franklin, when when he... Everyone says daylight saving time came out of, because of Ben Franklin. It's like, actually, no. It came from a guy named Willett in the uh, early 1910s in, um, in England. And indeed, Willett didn't actually live to see daylight saving time enacted. He died before it passed, it passed Parliament. And we had it during World War One. We did not really have it before. But Franklin had made the case that, and his it was done in the form of a letter to a Paris newspaper uh, that was a bit tongue in cheek. He says, "Look, I, 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 I went to bed late. A noise woke me up at six a.m. And you know, this was been in June. 
uh, a noise woke me up, and I, and I discovered that there was sunlight. And I thought to myself, gosh, look at all the money I'm spending on candles. You know, when I could be up earlier and take advantage of the free sun. And they thought this is funny. This is kind of a precursor to Bastiat's uh, 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 petition of the candle makers story, which you haven't heard. I'll tweet the I'll tweet the Bastiat piece later. But I just want to get to this point. The reason for having daylight saving time in Ben Franklin's period, he made the case based on how much money was France spending on candles in order to to continue to stay up in the evening and and frolic around because like many people in in high society in Paris Franklin spent a lot of time indoors late at night with candles the amount of money it took the amount of work it took to produce enough candle power to light a a 1000 a, a, a 10 square meter room, excuse me, for one hour costs you about five hours of, of a average worker's labor in France in the 1780s when, when Franklin lived there. When Willett's bill eventually becomes law in 1918, the amount of energy you needed, the amount of work you needed to do to produce that much light because you now had, of course, incandescent light bulbs, was about five minutes rather than five hours. What does it cost you to, to, to do that today? It's about six seconds. About, it's, it's less than six seconds of time to, to produce enough income at your average wage to be able to burn, to burn one light for one hour, one 75-watt bulb. Okay? And that's the miracle of technology. And why, in fact, I think we probably don't need daylight saving time anymore. We could get rid of it. Because it was meant to replace the cost of candles or to, to light our homes. And the cost of lighting our homes, thanks to capitalism, is so much cheaper than it ever was before. Thanks, Wyatt, for your help today. I hope you had fun on this sort of magic carpet ride we've had today. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. King Banyan Show, Business 1440. No one knows for certain where the financial markets are heading on any given day, especially in 2020. But there are trends in all markets that can help you be successful in your investing endeavors. Tune in to this week's Money Matters with Alan Mike. They'll be discussing market trends that have held up in this volatile market and likely will continue into the future. Listen to Money Matters with Alan Mike, 2 p.m. Sunday on Business 1440, or you can call them right now with your questions, 855-231-6010. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love. If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. Hi, this is Lee. And this is Matt from the Kingdom Builders. About 22 years ago, I remember doing my father's roof in Bloomington after a huge hailstorm had gone through. And now he just had me come out and take a look at his roof because he wants to make sure it's okay. 22 years old now. Most roofs in that time era were good for about 20, 25, maybe 30 years. So if you're looking to get an honest assessment on whether your 22-year-old roof is still good, give us a call. Yeah, Lee, I remember that storm too. And as I drive around Burnsville, uh, Bloomington, the South Metro, I see all of these roofs that replaced back in 1998. And it may be time for an assessment for us to come out and let you know if you have a year or three left or if now is a good time to get those shingles replaced. For an honest assessment on your roof or gutters, 
give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up on the web at thekingdombuilders.com. That's thekingdombuilders.com. There's always a moment of truth where it's either put up or shut up. We were yelling our hearts out. Even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continue to push. I don't know where the pain went to, but all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. PFC Daryl Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINE.